There's a, but there's an N in the spelling, isn't there? Is there? I feel like there is. I'm not sure. Should we Google it? No, I will. All right, let's take a let's take bets though. Like, I, I think there's an N. I say there's no N. So like, let's put ten dollars on this. Okay. Yeah. Now, if if I win, how long are you going to take to pay me? Ten months? Oh like shit! <laughs> of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or wycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time i am here as always with the surrendered badge to my renee montoya cj laroche <laughs> i surrender i give up because we all know that the cop does nothing good until they surrender their badge so that- <laughs> i would like to think that you have done nothing good until you surrendered yourself to me in that oh. dirty ass theater office stage management booth that doubled as a lighting booth and a sound but man that place was rough but anyway yes andrew <laughs> i'm here I'm ready. I am excited. Excited. My heart is open, and I think that we are gonna. I think we're gonna tackle some some issues today. I think that we're not just gonna be talking about a film. I think that you know we, this might harken back to the days of you know when we were really getting into like the social issues and the the sort of you know undercurrents of films. Because I've got some thoughts. I've got some opinions. I've got some things to say and get off my chest a little bit about the film that we're gonna be discussing this week. Listen, I love that. Uh, Before we get into it, do you want to tell the people what we're going to talk about? Oh, yeah, sure. This week, we are going to be discussing the Harley Quinn movie or the Birds of Prey movie or Ewan McGregor is playing an ambiguously homosexual character movie. There's nothing ambiguous about that. That's true. Yeah. Birds of Prey or... The fantabulous, or is it and the fantabulous? It's it's Birds of Prey of Harley. and and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yes. Now, when they right? didn't like, right? when they didn't like how the movie did at the box off straight away, they tried to re-release it as Harley Quinn because it should have been the yeah. Harley Quinn feature. That's a whole thing. It should have been. It should have been the Harley Quinn movie, right? Yeah, it basically was. It, that's where it really, yeah, but it, but uh, but it wasn't, and I think that's where a lot of the issues come. I think so. So let's yeah. dive in. Uh, starts out four years after the events of Suicide Squad, which is fascinating. There is a shocking dearth of Jared Leto footage. Like he's very visibly absent from this film, right? Uh, and right. it's. Basically, I think they were they were intending this to turn into another series, which is why they spend all of this time introducing all these characters who I find delightful. I actually find this whole movie delightful. I'm I'm with you, man. It's it's a pretty delightful movie. I I just think that there's it's man, it's got it's got a lot of issues from a filmmaking, screenwriting, social commentary point of view. All right, well, let's talk about it. So what, what is your filmmaking gripe about this movie? Oh, man, there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of cinematography issues in this one. Um, 
if if you sort of at face value, like you said, like it is a delightful movie, and I delightful. watched it and I texted you. I said, "Oh yeah. my god, what a fun little film!" Yeah. Um, but if you look at the canary fight in the alley, uh, there are several missteps where she's doing one thing, it cuts to Harley back. It's like, and then they cut back to her, and like her and her assailants are in completely different positions. So uh, when issues. the when the hyena uh, when the hyena salesman's brother is driving after her there's a car in the lane and then he swerves into that lane the car is gone um he, she there's uh the the different business cards like there's propped issues like the business card that she writes on and then the next time you see it it's like a completely different card yeah um so there's a lot of like little little things like that that are real you know um building block issues sure but the mall looks great <laughs> You yeah. know, like it's okay that there is a hot topic in there yeah. because the rest of the mall is is delightful. Um, there's some screenwriting issues, man. Oh my god, this, this, there's some really bad lines, um, and there's some there's some mistakes, um, and it, it could have come out in the edit. Now, now, will, you you will tell me if this is true or not. I heard that the whole MacGuffin um, diamond story was rewritten and reshot. Is that true? I didn't you know hear what that. I'm talking about. I do know it, yeah, but I did not hear that. But every now and then, you, you have to think that this came out while I was on the road. So, okay, I, yeah. I, I, well, I heard. Privy to it. I heard, and spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen the movie: if you haven't seen the movie, why are you listening to this? But spoiler alert. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry because I feel like that's been my thing the whole time. And there's at least three or four episodes where you like holler straight holler at me for not saying spoiler alert and i refuse and so wait we've turned a corner let's pause the movie we've turned a corner on this narrative well i just feel like are you about to joss weed in our relationship (laughs) (laughs) you got you got weeded i feel like my sort of pooping on your love of spoilers (laughs) um has really um obnubilated the show which is too dark and dim or cover uh, as if with a cloud. Um, and I don't want to obnubilate you anymore. So I'm jumping on board. <laughs> did you did you stop? I'm jumping on board. Did you stop sending me words to try to work it and now you're just trying to do it yourself as this is happening? Yeah. Yeah, because like the ten dollars that took so long to come, <laughs> I was I've just been waiting for you. To do this thing, and now it's going to be my thing. Okay, okay. I did it last week with Cognoscente. Oh, I noticed. Cognoscente. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Wiping the eyebrow, dabbing yeah. the sweat. I'm, I'm just going to say um, that the one time I did get your word in, you did not notice until after you heard the episode, and I was crestfallen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was waiting for it, and it went by. It must have been in a moment where I was, like, staring out the window. Sometimes that happens. I get distracted, man. Shiny object, shiny object. That's fine. Anyway, we've digressed. We have, we have. But it's part you, of our charm. Usually, usually we jump ahead. This time we've jumped all the way back. But now I'm going to jump back in. Yeah. And talk about this diamond. Apparently, spoiler alert, apparently <laughs> the original concept of this diamond was that it contained nude photos of Roman doing homosexual things really and that's why he wanted to get it back because if you look at if you look at the screenwriting you know it's it talks about how he's the he's the new gangster in town 
The only person he fears is the Joker. He's like one of Gotham's wealthiest families. Like, what could he really have to gain, and why would he put so much energy and effort into getting the Bertinelli? Is it Bertinelli? Bertinelli diamond. Yep. Bertinelli's fortune. He doesn't really need it, right? What? And isn't that a much more interesting story to tell? To I, have him going after this these photos of himself, and then apparently they scrapped that and made it about Huntress's family. I'm actually more into the Huntress's family angle. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the Huntress's family angle is too much and should be a different movie. It's a lot. It's a lot of heavy lifting, and we, we kind of get to it a little bit late, but uh, oh, I'm just so tired of, of seeing gay shame. Okay, now, it, yes, absolutely, I'm like because that by is it. Yeah. that absolutely puts, and th- and this is one of my sort of issues with the movie. And it's not even in the movie, but it's yeah. kind of like it brings that to the forefront, right? And it, and and was that actually a good idea by the studio to be like, you know what, that would that kind of what kind of message does that send? Yeah, it, well, the message it sends right? is I should be embarrassed that I'm gay. I should be embarrassed and ashamed instead of like yeah. fully. Fully embracing it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that I, I I brought that up, and I'm glad that you know we share the same opinion on that. Yeah. But back to the screenwriting issues sure. that I have with the film. Um, she said Canary says to Zaz. Yeah. Uh, he told me to hold on to the diamond when they're outside the the vault or the bank or whatever, wherever it was they got the diamond. He never said that. Yeah. Right. So like that's that's a small little error. Um, my God, all of the useless police officers, <laughs> like I get it. I get it that you want to have a fun scene where like Harley Quinn fucking terminators through a police station yeah, with the ba- the beanbags instead of it. But like, Jesus, that's some bad writing because yeah. the cops do nothing. Nobody shoots her. You know, nobody shoots her. And if we're led to believe anything, she's one of the most dangerous criminals in the city. Yeah. But everybody's just kind of useless. Um, Oh yeah, things go an- things go annoyingly well for her. Oh my god, the whole thing is so convenient, and and also my god with these fight scenes. Yeah, these polite criminals. <laughs> Wait, like one at a time. We're just gonna come fight you one at a time. Now that said, Andrew, this fight choreography is fucking dope. Yeah, oh, yeah, like it's so good. So do you know what's funny? Um, have you seen the Harley Quinn animated series? No, I'm very behind on that, and I'd like to so, apologize. The Harley Quinn animated series is hysterical, and it's, it does things like reg- most animated series do. It's apart from the film narrative, but they have some like cues that like connect it vaguely to the film narrative. You know, so, right, because like, Harley Quinn was not a comic book character. She was a right? animated like, she series. She was born yeah. in the animated series. Absolutely, she's she's special because of that. But um, so like they have uh, Dark Knight Rises, Bane is in the Harley Quinn animated series. Like he talks like Tom Hardy. So like stuff like that. There's Hilarious. like cues to the movies that vaguely connected to the film universe, but it's not connected to the film universe in season two. The fun house in this movie is in that animated series. And there is an actual sequence where, uh, she's like, they're like laying out the plan of how they're going to like get into this building. And uh, they're like, yeah, so you take that goon and I'll take that goon and I'll take that goon. And they're like, well, what if more of them attack us at once? And she actually says they only attack one at a time. They're goons. That's what they do. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, the show is brilliant that. because it's super weird. But I love you're, that. You're right, you're right. For fight choreo's sake, one person attacks her at a time, and she does nail it. But then we get like the the prison cell uh, sprinkler system sequence, which is glorious. It is, but again, we have a little bit of a convenience problem where, oh, all of a sudden all the doors open up, and instead of everybody that's been locked up here for conceivably quite some time, yeah. Right. Instead of instead of busting out of prison, they want to like hang around and, and fight Harley. Yeah. Well, also yeah. there's the issue of like why is that nine year old girl, that eleven year old girl, next to all of these dangerous men? Like yeah. why is she in this? Yeah. You know, none of it. A lot because, of it doesn't because make sense. The, because as our friend Ryan says, because the movie needs her to be. Because the movie needs her to be absolutely. Yeah. And also, like, if I can well actually you for a minute. If, Please do. If I love being well, actually. Yes. If Harley is our narrator, perhaps we are watching the events of this movie unfold as they occur in her brain, which are inconsistent and out of sequence. And that's my justification hey. for it, that she is an I, unreliable listen, that, narrator. That justifies it enough for me. I yeah. think that's great. I think that's great. I think I'll leave here happy. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, um, unless you try to blame me for the technical issues of – my MacBook. I've moved past that. I've moved past that. Oh. Yeah. Glad one of us has. So now I'm glad you brought up the whole thing with the diamond and Victor Zaz because I always thought that sequence was a little bit soft for me. And also Victor Zaz, one of the most horrendous criminal masterminds, just had the diamond in his pocket and a 11-year-old girl pickpocketed him. Like, well, she didn't really pickpocket him. She sort of like rubbed up against him. Yeah. You know, and she might as well have like slapped his butt. And said, I'm taking this out of your pocket because the way that that was shot was horrendous. <laughs> She's magical. Like she, Cassandra she was full Cain on, is magical. She was full on on top of him. Yep. When she took that diamond out of his pocket. Only only, uh, only Helen Keller. And she may have been able to tell what was going on. <laughs> Fuck sake. I still think the movie was a fun romp. No, dude, I would watch that movie again <laughs> yeah. right now. I think it's so funny. Um, I love the Black Canary storyline. I think that's an interesting I way to write I love the Black Canary storyline, bro. But again, here we are at the end of the film, and not we have no inkling whatsoever, unless we know the Black Canary character, yeah. that she has anything that's you know a bit superpower about her. Oh, yeah, there's no and lead when to that. we need it, when we need it, Canary, you know what you have to do. Yeah. Well, actually, CJ, Rosie Perez told her earlier that she had the same power as her mom. She and you're did. just supposed to know that. But again, I'd like I'd like my movies to be somewhat Snyder Cut-ish. Okay. Well, absolutely, because in the Snyder Cut. Because now, now we're spoiled. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Now we have that. We know. Where we get the details. We know that you can, you can put it in the movie. You can put it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You have to know the canaries and what they do for that whole thing to land. Right. They absolutely. Did give, they did give you an inkling of it when she sang and the glass broke. And she broke the glass. Yes. But again, I have a little bit of a musical background, right? Yeah. Like I, I have been in musical theater, so I understand about singing and glasses and operas and all that stuff. Sure. So that's where my mind went, you know, and I, I always that had to remember. she's just such like, a powerful oh, a singer. She's, yeah, but she's a super, she's a superhero. She yeah. has superpowers. She's, she's a yeah. metahuman, if you will. Yes. So how do we feel about Renee Montoya? 
I mean, I could watch Rosie Perez on the side of I-95 legend. just shit in a can Rosie for two Perez and a half a hours. Legend. And I'm good. So good to see her yeah, back no, on Rosie screen. Perez, she is where it's at, man. Yeah. She is – She even in a, in a role that's kind of written poorly – and is so cliche because it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? Um, damn, she pulls it off. She was so good. I love that they made her like talk like an '80s cop, an '80s beat cop the whole yeah. time. I loved it. It was yeah. perfect. She was so good. Love that she's a lesbian. Love that she's a lesbian with Ali Wong. Right, but not 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 beaten over the head with it. Presented without comment. Right. Yeah, and and they had a yeah. messy messy ending. Totally. Which no, we it's don't, good. We don't know what that was, but and apparently Renee may have a drinking problem. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All good cops do, though. See John McClane. Did he have a drinking problem? He did. I, and he's drunk and everything. He's right? drunk and, and everything, yeah. two movies, right? Yeah, you're absolutely he like, oh, right. He was hungover. Yeah. Yep. So how did you – should say he was drunk. He was hungover. How did you feel about Harley – and her relationship to Joker and breaking free from her relationship to Joker with the Ace Chemicals explosion. Yeah, again, we have a little bit of a convenience issue that I just <laughs> feel like I need to point out. Go for it, go for um, it. I love that you're here with it. So so she blows up the Ace Chemicals, and that clues Montoya into knowing that her and the Joker have broken up. Yeah. Right? It's a statement. How? 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 We all saw that scene in the Suicide Squad. So she did Montoya see Suicide Squad? She must have. No, but they she know. must have because that's the only thing that you, that's the only thing that ties those two together there at that spot. There's she, been nothing else. I think everybody knows that Harley was born at Ace Chemicals. How? Because did Why? they know her backstory around town? They know her backstory around town. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, actually, that. Andrew, that's the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing you've ever said. <laughs> I don't know. You're absolutely right. But they all talk about it. they all in movie. They all talk about how now that now they know that they've broken up because of the Ace Chemical Explosion that the whole city knows. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know why. Oh, I have no idea. I can't tell you. It's not in the movie. I want to know why. I don't want to be weedened. I want to be Snydered. <laughs> Let's make that a thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to Snyder me? Buy me a drink first. So now one. So now one thing that I thought was super interesting. I, I loved – and Bart brought this up and I thought it was brilliant. Uh, the Victor Zaz black mask relationship is very similar. It acts as a really good foil to the Harley-Joker relationship. Sure. A little bit. Well, a little bit. I think that there's some very significant differences in that I feel like Zaz is in absolutely 100% in control of Roman. I disagree with you, but go on. He when especially when um, Roman is first starting to freak out about the diamond, and when he starts freaking out about crossbow guy. Yeah, Zas comes in and just totally takes over. Right, he like remember he grabs his arms and yeah. then he pulls his arms down and says, "I'll get you your diamond back." Yeah, right. And then he comes over and he's like, "I should be the crossbow guy," and he's got his hands on his shoulders. Yeah, and he kind of like dark sides in there. That's a thing now. Dark siding him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you put your hand on my shoulder. Um, you can't see it, but I have my hand on my shoulder, everybody. Um, so yeah, that's why I would say that Zass is in control. Um, I agree with the parallel, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think it's the other way around. 
I think Zaz is begging for Black Mask's attention throughout the movie. And I think that's why he keeps doing these things. Like, as if you think about it, it would be like Harley daring Joker to distract him or be like, oh, we'll just do this. We'll just do this. It's like very clear that while Zaz is like the logistics man, Black Mask is the pants. Yeah, I'm not I'm not with that. Um, only I, I because think, I feel like Oh, do we have a de- we have a delay problem? No, we don't. A little bit a little bit of delay problem. No, 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 no. No delay problem? No, no, you're just talking over me. That's the that's, that's Oh. The... <laughs> thank God. That means everything's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting it's interesting that we are we are not aligned. On this, because yeah. I don't feel like Mask is the pants. I feel like Mask is the princess. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like, yeah I feel like he's the classic damsel in distress, and tied to the to the railroad tracks emotionally. Mm. Yeah, but I, I see th- your point. Yeah, I see I've, your point. I feel like Zaz is definitely the Count Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, yeah, great reference, Count yeah. Dooku. Yeah, I mean, he's out there trying to do his thing. He's really trying to keep it what together, poor, but like, what a poor choice for a name. That was like the one Dooku. I, I know, right? It movie. sounds was like, like Dooku. Dooku. What? what George guy? Yeah, what a mess. Yeah. That yeah, it's not the only mess. Um, one thing I love about this movie, I love the whole. Uh, crossbow killer how she's like do you know who i am do you know who when she's practicing that's fucking funny it's fucking good because she kills it even like again if you're watching falcon and the winter soldier john walker's scene in the locker room yeah right just because he's captain Captain america America now just because he's just because he's you know a superhero and he's probably been i think he's been injected with super serum strength we'll see we'll see i don't think he has uh He's. We'll see. Okay. He has. He has doubts. Yeah. Right. Like he is. There. There are things that he's like not so sure about. And and like and even though Huntress is like, so she's a killer. Yeah. Like she will. She will fucking fire a bow through your neck. She's still like trying to figure it out. She's like another. Yeah. Just like another human out here trying to figure it out. And 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 I think that I would love this movie. If we didn't have another DC mistake of like teaming everybody up too quick. Oh yeah, well that's what they want to do with these movies, which is so weird. Yeah, because yeah, we don't they, have enough. We don't have enough character development. I think that that woman Winstead, I think she could carry a whole fucking Huntress prequel by herself. Oh, and it, it'd be so fun. I I just love when Renee says her name and she's like, "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> and then the best is like they call me the Huntress, and the it freezes. And Harley goes pretty fucking fabulous, if you ask me. Like she has such a crush on her, and when yeah. and and that carries over later when they come down the slide, and she's like right. whipping ass. She's like, "You are so, cool. you are so cool." Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, I I loved that whole Huntress bit. I love the whole arc of her and how they worked her in. But I do agree with you. They, it's kind of like too much heavy lifting to loop that into, as well as the nonlinear storytelling. As well as the one goon attacks her at a time. As there's yeah. a lot to do. It's also it's also um, like not a tonal problem, but the huntress's backstory is very dramatic. It's like Kaiser Soze. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, and now imagine if we dropped Verbal Keent into a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. 
Okay. It's dis- it's disjointed. She does a good right. job of, of bridging the gap, though. She's so funny in this movie. All those ladies are really funny together. Oh, no, absolutely. But I'm saying from a screenwriting point of view, yeah, it doesn't work to have that. Because, again, like she's talking about this, this horrible tragedy that – or we see this horrible tragedy that happened. Her whole family got gunned down and she got rescued and she got trained and she's coming in. She's on her big revenge tour. And then we make a joke of it later with, <laughs> she's got rage issues. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely she does. You know, so it's I – th- I think that's just a little bit of an issue having – that's why I think the Huntress in this movie is the only thing that stands out to me as being like, mm, no, I don't want it there. I don't want her here I, I because think it's, of that. Yeah, and I think it's – it's I don't know if it's brilliant or a cop-out. I can't tell and I really haven't decided yet. Probably should have decided before we recorded this episode. But it's like – No, we can figure it out together. Let's figure it out together. She is yeah. – this version of Huntress is so deliberately Beatrix Kiddo. Mm-hmm. Right down to the yep. old west underscoring that they give her. Yep. And she's like, I'm, no question. I'm just gonna like it's totally supposed to be a Kill Bill reference. And yep. I'm not sure if it, if that's genius or atrocious. I'm gonna go with genius because well, I really like Kathy Ann. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of copying that this movie does of other properties. Yeah. You know, the breaking the fourth wall, being a fucking douchebag, being just a well, total fuck up and screw it's, up. It's Deadpool. Deadpool. It's Deadpool, yeah. Right. They wanted to do yeah. Suicide Squad meets Deadpool. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah. I was like, so she's girl Deadpool all of a sudden. Now, Margot Robbie does a great job in this movie. And that's a ton of heavy oh. lifting for her. Like, I think like, that could be an entire episode in and of itself. She really does so much work in setting the tone. And that's what I kept remarking the whole time I'm watching. This is my second time seeing it. I was like, she's playing so insanely big. And, and she has to. She doesn't have a choice. Yeah, right. And she's believable as fuck. And only, only, and very to the trainedest ear does the Australian slip out. Oh sure. She in al- this one. But she, she also did, she did, did a much better job than she did in the previous version. Yeah. In Suicide Squad. Yeah. Now, she also lands some very serious beats, like the conversation with Dinah at the bar. When she's just, yep. the, in the beginning, when she's just like, I'm just there to entertain, like, yep. And when and when dude betrays her, oh yeah, that's a moment. That's, that's a, a moment. moment. Yeah. Oh, that was sad. That was sad. And I thought Very that was sad. a good storytelling thing because then she's like, oh well, I'm gonna sell the kid. Then I'm just gonna sell her back. Like I'm. It's it's just business. I don't know. I bought it. I, I bought into it. There are some holes. But like I, I'm good to well actually then because I'm so dazzled by her performance and by all these ladies getting together. I love the diversity of the piece. I was living for that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was super deliberate and super cool. Um, yeah. One thing that I really feel like we need to spend at least ninety seconds at least addressing. Um, okay. This I like a time limit. I like a time limit. The funhouse fight sequence is awesome. No, it's really cool. It's awesome. And then all, all of the details. like. And I just want to say, like, the use of Barracuda here. The use of Barracuda. The fact like, that Because it's... Barracuda is a very special song, really? right, to an entire generation of people. Okay? And it has a very specific use in film. I, I wish that I had remembered, like, all of the movies that it has appeared in. And when you hear Barracuda, something happens to you inside. Yeah. 
You know? And they used Barracuda. Bravo. The choreo with the Funhouse games. Like the choreo. Canary putting her hair up, bro. When she's putting her hair up. It's like, yeah, of course. Of course she has to put her hair up. But but Harley skates by and she's like, hair tie? Like, it's adorable. I also love right before that when Harley just comes in on the big ass roller skates. And she's like, the fuck does she have time for a shoe change? Yeah, that's the problem I have with the script. I didn't need that line. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. When you need that line, like, show me, don't tell me. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't make sense. But we're just going to address yeah. it. We're just going to lean into it. She had time for shoe change. Do you know how long it takes to put roller skates on? Like, I I understand 100% how long it takes to put roller skates on. You've never you – haven't, you haven't lived – until you see my fat ass trying to get around on wheels. Okay? <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. And coming out of that fight, I really like that everybody kind of got a piece of the action. Because even even um, Cassandra with the grenade. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Absolutely. It was, it was fun. Harley's was little beautiful. double cross at the end was right on brand. But she obviously stays in touch with them because she gave them money from the diamond. Yeah. Like she, no, so, totally. Yeah, so it's like she's just not gonna team up with them. She thinks they're lame. It's sad because it does set up a team up movie that we're never gonna get. Like because they've just right. abandoned the idea of Birds of Prey two, and I thought it was cool. How did you feel about the post credit audio? Uh, my my initial reaction was I waited around for that. <laughs> uh, did a little research, you know, and yeah. she's gonna finish. She, she's gonna finish by saying "fucks bats." Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Did you know that Batman fucks bats? That's from the animated series. It's from the animated series, yeah. This is this from a guy who fucks bats. Yeah. Um, so that made it better. I wish there could have been a, a better – I mean when you have Margot Robbie, like let's tack on something. Yeah. Well, Give me another scene, you know. Give me the, one more. The franchise is in a state of question mark at that point when mm. this movie came out. Boy, and and also – also, this was the last movie that I saw before pandemic closed movie theaters. Yeah, right. Because this was early 2020. Yep. And so, like, I think that sort of really did some damage to its its uh, intake at the box office yeah. because people had already sure. started being weird about being in big groups. Yeah. So. No, it's unfortunate. It's also unfortunate. The the thing that I want to touch on, and I sort of touched on it earlier. Um, you know, I watch, uh, I watch these movies and I prepare for these episodes and I go on to the internet. Um, and that's my first mistake. And I start <laughs> listening, I start listening to commentary and I start, you know, pe- hearing people break apart movies and talk about things. And I just want to say that, man, I am so sick of men shitting on females in the arts. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm ready for that to end too. It's garbage. I'm fucking sick of it. You have an opinion about a film. You have an opinion about screenwriting. You have an opinion about cinematography. You have an opinion about social injustice. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But don't you dare mask your fucking misogynistic sexist views as film criticism. Oh. The amount of people that said – that said, oh, here we go. We've just got another fucking female team-up movie for no reason. Oh, there's no good man in this film. Look at that. Even the fucking guy that liked her wasn't asked. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Okay? Shut up. Oh, it's a mess. Also, also, if you want to talk about the misogyny, look at the misogyny of the release of this movie. 
they they make it a team up movie because well surely we can't have another film with a female lead like doing her thing we we have to make this a, a whole thing let's but let's put a lot of women so it doesn't look like we surrounded her with men so we'll have a and we'll call it birds of prey because like who's going to buy a harley quinn property and then what happens the movie comes out the movie didn't do poorly is the thing they have this obsession with ratings and box office intake that they compare themselves to Marvel. So the movie actually, at the end of the day, did not do poorly. But to try and capitalize on the popularity of Margot Robbie, they're like, oh, we'll re-release it as Harley Quinn. And I was like, oh, so so retroactively, the name is, is recognizable enough. Garbage. Yeah. That's misogyny in action. I, I mean, I get it. Like, Margot Robbie, she's a star in the making. Yeah. Right? And, like... I could un- I could almost understand being like you know what guys like maybe like Margot Robbie isn't enough to like carry the movie or we could have faith that the work that this woman did in the previous movie was enough to like carry it through. We didn't know who Gal Gadot was. Exactly. Exactly. No one knew who Carrie Fisher was. No, no, well, I mean, no. they knew that she was what's her butt's daughter, but still, I mean, it's like it's it's crazy. Yep. And to think now that like the Suicide Squad from the horribly beautiful mind of James Gunn, like they've got her front and center. Like she's she's the star of that movie in an ensemble movie. At least she's the star of the trailer. She is the star of the trailer, and I think people have realized that like she's largely the focus of what that movie wants to be. And she's one of the few carryovers. Like who we we keep. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. We yep. kept Jai Courtney, who I love. Jai Courtney, who who's also in this movie, <laughs> on the oh. wall. I love. There's an Easter egg. Point it out. I bet you she did that. I bet you she did that on her own. You think that wasn't in the script? Yeah, I bet you she was like, I know him. Yeah, that's cute. I love it. But yeah, no, uh, she's she's a, she's a heavy hitter and she's a star. And like you think about it, we got her from Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yep. You know, and then everyone's like, oh, that's nice. And then she's like giving you legit acting beats. She's super talented. She's a great fit for this super role. Talented. And she really oh, carried, she's perfect. She carried the movie really in a beautiful way. I loved it. It's hard to say after a movie comes out because we have that in our brains, right? It's like I can't imagine anyone else as Mark Hamill and then – Sebastian Stan is born or like, I can't imagine anyone else as Han Solo. Right. Because well, you just can't, you can't imagine anyone else as Han no, Solo. No, that's Harrison Ford. Yeah, I don't, don't know where, bite your really tongue, where I'm going, really where I'm going with this, but I can't imagine anyone else as, as Harley Quinn. Yeah. You know, like that, that's who Harley Quinn is. She's taken her off of the page and just like plopped her, you know, plopped herself down in our hearts. Plopped. Well, you know, I feel that you can't imagine another Harley Quinn, but maybe someday you'll have to. And with that, let's take a break. Wait, why do I, why will I have to? We're taking a break. You know, CJ, I love that we have such a litany of episodes to share with our listeners. Litany. That's a great word, Andrew. I'm glad that you said that word because it makes me think of the litany of social media options that exist in the world today. Oh, look at you riffing off of me. That's fantastic. Uh, I feel like we have a wholly underutilized Instagram and Twitter that we should be engaging with our listeners on. I would like to Instagram and Twitter with our listeners. So this is going to be the at iconorycon on Twitter, at iconorycon on 
Instagram, and coming soon, Icon or Ycon, the YouTube channel. So please, folks, comment, subscribe. Let us know what we're doing well. It can't be that much to write. Let us know what we're doing poorly, and it'll make you feel like you can practice your grammar. Oh, I love that. I love that. And punctuation. Absolutely, because there's going to be a lot of sentences when it comes to giving us notes. But seriously, folks, we want to hear from you. Don't be shy. Get involved. Engage. And we'll keep bringing you the best of the film universes that there are. I love that. Back to the show. And we're back. We are. We've returned. We've returned. I'm, I'm very excited. That was a very – you know, it's funny. For a movie that's so bubbly and silly and crazy, like you really bit down on breaking it apart. And I, I love that because it's very rare that like I'm the one that just accepts the ride of the movie. And you're like, absolutely uh, not. Yeah. So this was, this was interesting because I was totally willing to accept the ride. And you're like, no, nope, well, don't buy it. Yeah, I think, I think coming off of the love letter of Zack Snyder's Justice League – yeah, you know, I did. I felt I needed to have a little bit more of a critical eye. Yeah. Um, and also to say, like, you know, I could have come on here and and said, "Oh my God, Suicide Squad two or Birds of Prey, or whatever the fuck this movie is called. Great film, loved it, love her." <laughs> Bye. Yeah. You know. So. But yeah, no, I'm excited that you got to be the one to, yeah, to just chill I, I was, and like I love was the really, movie. I was really along for the ride, but it, it maybe it might honestly be because it's the last thing I saw in theaters. So there you go. <laughs> I might have a yeah, little bit of go. baggage. Who knows? Right. No, I hear you. Any hoosers, um, think it's time for some ephemeral questions. It is time for the thing that show where we do the ephemeral questions. It's that time where we break down the things in the ephemeral questions. Ah! <laughs> Wait, that was the best barracuda I've ever heard. <laughs> it was I feel like, like Harley would have approved that version of barracuda. Do you know what it was? It was the detail to go up to the. They really, they really put it over the edge for me. Oh, thank you for that. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> CJ, what worked for you about this movie? Well, uh, the colors really, oh, really worked. Oh, yes. Yeah, the color of this film. Now, even though like this movie wasn't necessarily made in Gotham City, um, I like this version of Gotham. You know. Yeah. I think that and I think that the use of color you know, because Harley, she's neon and she's blue and she's pink. But even when the sandwich, the egg sandwich, you know, like the colors of the eggs and the color of the bread and the sauce. Like, I think that the, the way that the filmmaker used colors to sort of tell the story um, was was fantastic. Even the colors in the club, uh, the colors of the clothes, you know, the use of color in this film really knocked it out of the park for me. I, I love that. It it really did look like uh, – you remember when Kesha first came out and everything was yes. like sparkly and day glow and neon and sequins? It looked like yeah. uh, classic Kesha exploded everywhere and it totally right. worked, especially because they were consistent. Like you know, she goes, totally. to, she goes to Ace Chemicals and blows up. It looks like that. You know, right. and it's the same look when she's using the bean bags, uh, the bean bag launcher, and getting through. Yeah, exactly. Also, those bean exactly. bag launchers in the face, like those people have broken 
noses. Like, yeah, I mean, she's that's still a grenade launcher. Yeah, like you know, even though she's launching beanbags, you know, uh, she she was she was intending to hurt them. It yeah. wasn't. She was. You know, there wasn't like I'm just trying not to kill you. It was like, no, I'm really trying to hurt you. Yeah. I want you. To, I want you to remember this. Yeah. Yeah. What worked for you, Andrew? I. You know, I'm a sucker for nonlinear storytelling. <laughs> I, I. I loved that we lived so long in a flashback. At one point, I forgot it was a flashback until we got to where right. we left off. Um. I love. I love that it's a whole movie with an unreliable narrator. Like. Yeah, I love that point that you made earlier. That's that's fantastic. I, I didn't think of it like that, but yeah. there there are things that you could look at in this movie and be like, is that really what happened, or that's just her point of view? It's so. a story that's completely framed in Harley being the biggest success, which is what at the onset of the movie she's desiring to be. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, while I say the events happened, they could literally retcon this movie and be like, oh well, that's just Harley being Harley. Because this is how right. she sees the world, you know? Yeah. And the yeah, whole movie like exists. Sh- like little Shazam. Yeah. The whole movie exists how she sees the world and we're all at her mercy. That's why she speaks to the camera. Sometimes it's, it's inconsistent, you know, mm-hmm. where she'll wink mm-hmm. at us. Uh, you know, they, did, they kept the same graphic and narration that Suicide Squad has for continuity's sake. But she's really at the helm of this storytelling right down to the point of giving all the other characters their own backstories. So how we see it, like, do we know Huntress really looked at the mirror? Probably not. But, like, mm. you know, she's she's telling us. Anyway, that's... Yeah, that, because maybe Harley would think that that's cool. Yeah. No, I, 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 I loved it. I love the nonlinear storytelling. And I love that as messy and jumbled as it was, at least it was consistent. Right. You know, they, they made that choice that, like, nah, maybe some things don't line up from take to take. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. So what didn't work for you about this movie? Well, I got a real problem. And I think that, you know, the DCEU, I think it's a, it's a problem in general across, you know, most of these movies, we've got a littering issue, (laughs) you know, fucking Aquaman throws his bottle over there on the docks. You know, that ends up in the ocean and then his brother-in-law has to spit it back at us. And at the end of this movie, uh, little Cassandra Kane, she just throws her wrapper out onto the street. Like somebody's gonna have to clean that up, you know. Yeah. I think that the DCEU really needs to get some recycling bins out, you know, and and some education. Like teach these people. Like this is our planet, man. Like you gotta really gotta take care of it. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, so. So the script, there's some really, there's some really bad lines. Uh, that need a ride, I can't remember where that one was. Need a ride? It's like, yeah, shut up. Um, but yeah, so the script, the script writing, and and I talked about it earlier. Some of those. Um, oh, that's when Huntress photo- has the motorcycle issues. Oh yeah, need a ride. Oh god, be quiet. <laughs> uh, I do, I do love the um, Harley on skates with the car. Like we didn't even really touch on that. Oh, that it was fabulous. Badass fucking amazing car chase one of the best i've ever seen <laughs> it was so uh, that was she's great around the car she's over the car she's on top of the car it's great yeah yeah uh uh margot robbie was she was one of the producers of the film yeah um yeah so that you know i think the script and the way that you know some of the some of the scenes there's not like there's not great continuity there mm-hmm. um yeah 
And we didn't really, we didn't really touch on Ewan. I mean, he's just we like, we didn't he's hello there all, all, yeah. Hello thereing all over this film. Hello there. Uh, he does. He does such a great job. He's fantastic. Uh, and also that I loved seeing that red Ford Mustang. That was actually my first car. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, another thing that really didn't work for me is how Roller Derby Girl has an issue with Harley Quinn. Yeah, like, that's what you, you go to the Roller Derby for. Like, that's that's why you're there. You yeah. expect that to happen. Yeah, you're going to uh, get But hurt. I love the callback with me. Whip me. Yeah. No, there, there were a, a lot, lot of great successful things about this movie. A lot of great callbacks, a lot of great payoffs. Um, with all that being said, you know, Andrew, um, what didn't work for you? I, it's the noticeably absent Jared Leto. Mm. You know, it's yeah. just it, – and that was one of those moments where like the messiness of what went down with the Justice League and Suicide Squad movies was so public – and and yeah. and come to find out that the pandemic was going to shed even more light on that situation that we didn't even realize went down. But like by yeah. the time this movie came out, we were so aware that uh, Snyder got reshot, that David Ayer had to do major reshoots to not connect his movie to Snyder's version of the movie, and that Jared Leto was like largely deleted. That he did film a lot of scenes, but he was largely deleted from the movie. And then it's just no. It just it just made me sad that he was just like a a little drawing, like a cartoon drawing, that like she's banging on the window and there's nobody behind. You know, we don't see a breakup. That they kind of go back to the Ace Chemical scene, but you don't see his face. Like they right. worked around it really well, but it was really really obvious, and I, I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, noticeable and and disappointing. Yeah, and also if Black Mask is on the rise right here. You know, um, this is a world where the Justice League has just defeated Steppenwolf. So, like, Batman's not going to intervene at all. Joker is not going to do anything at all. It was. It took a couple of leaps for me. And and yeah, the thing everybody's is we, kind of conspicuously absent from the scene. And we and we know it's because of behind the scenes drama, and that makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. Sure. No, that is that is that is very disappointing. What uh, does this movie make your Desert Island top five, CJ? Well, you know that I love the Suicide Squad. Oh, did you hear that, Andrew? I did. Was that your phone? You want to tell the the good people at the home what what just happened? That you love Suicide Squad? No, that I paid you the $10 that I owed you. Oh, is that... You were literally paying me during the episode to make this point? Yeah, while you were talking a moment ago, I was on Venmo. I was wondering. I was like, who is he texting while I'm giving pearls of film criticism? <laughs> who, who the fuck I heard, awesome he's texting? I heard everything you said about tilapia. I did, bro, so don't <laughs> worry about that. Um, I would say no. I th- like While I think it's great, I think it's a great movie to like sit back and chill and watch um, – it's quick. It's an hour and 48 minutes. But Desert Island status? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Same. It's enjoyable and it's fun. And like I would say if I'm ever like in a hotel in a city should traveling resume and like right. I'm having a couple drinks and it's on, I'll be like, ooh, 
You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah. movies. It's always going to be satisfying because it is super fun and colorful and she's amazing. And the rest of these women yeah. are incredible. But like, uh, no, I don't need it on my desert islands. No. Like, no. I, honestly, when I'm 60, I'll forget about it until you remind me that I loved it. Right. It's and one of God those movies. I'll still be alive then. Yeah, you will. You will. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I believe in you. All right, you ready for the bonus question? Yes. <laughs> bonus question. Recast the lead. As, uh, recast Margot Robbie? Yeah. I, I can't. I went through a whole fucking diatribe earlier about how I can't imagine anyone else as Harley Quinn. I know. Marissa and that, Tomei. And that is – oh. <laughs> well, what a turnaround. Yeah, Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. She'd be great. She'd be fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, also, Glenn Close. <laughs> I mean, she's a fantastic no, actress. No, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Glenn Tomei. Close? Marissa Tomei. Ooh. Ooh. Judy Dench. I mean, they're basically Judy Dench, <laughs> right? Agatha Christie. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I think we should like, no. live with Marissa Tomei. I'm going to stick with Marissa Tomei yeah. for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who you got? Emma Roberts. Okay, Emma. Sure. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, yep. close second, Amanda Seyfried. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's time for a special award. My me first. Well, I always you, go first. You always go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always go first. Uh, I'm gonna give Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn the Cindy Lauper Award because girls just want to have fun. Oh, I thought you were gonna say because I see your true colors, but you really, you really brought that oh, together. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, true colors as well. Uh, we've got the girls, the women. They're in the movie. They're fucking kicking ass. They're taking names. They all have a reason to be there. It's just amazing. And it's just such a joy to watch them just, you know, completely dismantle the very accommodating stuntmen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, know, they all take, they all take them on one at a time. Uh, but now we know why. Now we yeah. discussed it. So no, no. Yeah. So the Cindy Lauper award also like being a kid of the eighties, like she's just got that Cindy Lauper and Goonies vibe, man. She you does. Forgot Cindy Lauper was in Goonies. Not you, Andrew. You, yeah. everybody else listening. Yeah. Fantastic. I award. love that. It's a great award. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's yours? My award for Birds of Prey is the Sex for Breakfast Award. Ooh, ooh. I smell sex for breakfast, breakfast. hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of movies – and I've seen a lot of movies that really have some scandalous scene work in them. But I have never seen a bacon, egg, and tree cheese filmed so erotically in my entire life. They played that up so hard. And then they made it the story beat it was. And it was all about that photography that first time you saw him make that sandwich. Because they, with the slow-mo of her gazing at it, like... Spreading of the sauce. Ah, oh, not too much. <laughs> yeah, that was that was beautifully shot. 
It was beautiful. Beautifully shot. I loved it. Yeah. So so I think this movie, because of that and because they did a callback to it, they brought the egg sandwich back at the end and she finally got to eat it. And I really respected right. the beat paid off. Yeah, and her little protege loves it just as much. Oh, I, I love – I feel bad that Cassandra's protege is, an, is the protege of an insane woman, but – Here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah, the Sex for Breakfast Award. Yeah, and on the T-shirt, you could shorten that to Sexfist. <laughs> That's a very different award. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, CJ, the final question and perhaps the, the last most – one. The most important question. The most important question. Is this film an icon or a Y-con? I struggle. Mm. I struggle with this question. Um, I think that no. Wait, it's not a yes or no. (laughs) I think it's a Y-con. Only because... <laughs> we gotta record that, somewhere else. <laughs> that is birds of prey outside your window, being like, "No, I'm an icon. I'm an icon." Uh, I think that it's a Y-con because it just it just isn't tight enough. Mm. There's just there's just a few too many problems that are that are not that you. Oh my God! <laughs> Shut up! That you just can't get past, like me and talking while someone is blaring on their horn. I really do so believe it, that it is the production team of this movie outside hearing you. Yeah, it saddens me to say um, I'm being broadcast today on 145th Street. Is that where you live? No, no I live on 157th. 157th. We've been friends for a really long time. I'm shocked you don't yeah, know what, this. What street? What's what street do I live on, Andrew? 184. Not even close. <laughs> well, close, but not. But not the street that I live on. If you're gonna try to call someone out, you better be ready. You better be ready because especially when you call me out, you know I'm coming back. I know, I know. And you, as soon as I started, you know going, I'm not gonna let that electric slide. As soon as I started going down that road, I was like, you don't know what street he lives on. You don't know what street he lives on. (laughs) I was like, I was like dangerously close to looking at my Amazon because I've sent you a package before. I was like, uh, can I, do I have time? I didn't have time to make it. A really nice cribbage board for my wedding anniversary, for my wedding present. Yeah. Really nice. Solid gift. Solid gift. In, in, uh, you know, in, uh, not in light of, um, but in respect of in honor in not, of in tribute to in in not wanting to upset other people what would you say in the spirit of not uh insulting others i will not tell you where that gift ranks on the wedding gift top 10 but it's a great gift it was a great gift i think that i would like to know next what you think where this movie falls it's a Y-Con. It's a Y-Con. It's a total Y-Con. And it's a firm Y-Con. And the thing is, it's it's the best kind of Y-Con because it's, it's not a Y-Con because it's bad. Because it's not It's not a Y-Con because it's bad. It's just not a bad. Y-Con because it's just like, I, I didn't need it. And it didn't make a strong enough offering to make itself necessary. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's good. Everybody it's really was good. firing on all cylinders. It was super fun. 
But like, it's a little bit hamstrung by its lack of connection to this universe that they're not even continuing anymore. I don't yeah, even know. And, and also, it's like it's not a Birds of Prey movie. It's Harley Quinn. Yeah. So like, they, they, don't need of, to, they don't even need to be there. No, it's kind of a tangentially Birds of Prey movie for no reason. Yeah. And she doesn't end up joining the Birds of Prey. No, it's so weird. But uh, but I did like yeah. it. So it's 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 not a Wycon because it did anything wrong. Right, right. It's not AOTC. No, it is not. Yeah. Nor yeah. is it my favorite one. The Last Jedi. Yes, The Last Jedi. That's the first time we made it to the end of the episode without it coming up. And I, I, I brought it up because it's become such a thing now. But yeah, I, it's, certainly, it's certainly not a Last Jedi level entry, even though I love no. The Last Jedi. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. <laughs> was that your Anita? <laughs> no. No. It was okay. not. Okay. No, it was not. I think that that I know you do has sort of evolved into something that is so far away from the great temptress Anita. Wait, isn't it Rosalia that says that? It's not even Anita. Never mind. It's actually not Anita. Yeah, it's not Anita. And it's not Rosalia, I don't think, in the stage version – does it happen in the stage version? It actually doesn't. It's, it's in the movie. The, it's in the movie, and then we put it in the stage version every time you do it now because everyone remembers that. It's Rosalia in the movie. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's none of it's none of those people. None of those people. It's CJ. That was just me. Yeah. That was my version. Listen, I love that. Well, in the spirit of Harley Quinn, we managed to do an entire episode based on Birds of Prey that had some shocking tangents away from Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. As and well we should have. As well we should have, because that was that was really what the movie set us up for. I mean I mean it was almost as shocking as tracking all of the continuity errors in Joss Whedon's Justice League. Do we have to? No, no. There's great YouTube videos out there though. Yeah, we'll just leave it. Yeah. We'll just leave it. Leave but, it in twenty seventeen where it belongs. Yeah. But um I'm excited, CJ, because we are nearing our end of the DCEU journey. We are, and I think that, you know, without saying full-on what's happening next, Andrew, I do believe that we're heading to Cleveland. We are heading to Cleveland. At Cuyahoga River, keep on Cuyahoga River. It's just I, I, I think I think one of the things that makes me saddest about this week is that is that no one can see that face. No one can see it. Yeah. No, but the YouTube channel is coming. The green screen is purchased. Yeah. We are closer than ever. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. All right, good, sir. Well, that was a blast. I'm really happy we did this for Icon or Wycon. I am Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm Andrew David Sotomayor's co-host. No, you're not. You have a name. I'm not. I'm CJ LaRoche. Thank I'm you. CJ LaRoche. And we'll see you next time. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>